0: Whether it's bad planning, bad luck, bad timing, or bad inventions, well-intentioned bad decisions have plagued history for thousands of years. Welcome to Historic Hindsight. Hello and welcome to another episode of Historic Hindsight. I'm John, that's Tom, and today we're going to talk to you about the Ford Pinto.
1: That's right, Johnny, the Ford Pinto. This is our first non-Civil War-related thing in a while, and I do need to correct you on my name. Uh, I didn't bring it up beforehand because it was Civil War episodes and I was a lieutenant then, so it was oh, okay. But uh, right. I am I am Lord Thomas uh, Marsh now. Oh, uh, oh from, I'm... From Christmas. I'm yes, sorry. My I, wife my wife got me a lordship title. So. I did
0: not mean to disrespect uh, your lordship title. I'm sorry. I'm John. Uh, that's uh, Lord Thomas Lord. J. Marsh. <laughs> uh, yes, so,
1: uh, so all you peasants bow down.
0: And we're talking about a, a Ford... Why are we talking about the Ford Pinto?
1: A Ford Pinto. I well, mean,
0: they're a crummy car, right? Ford, it, was, it was like one of those yeah, they old were, crap cars.
1: Yeah, they were one of those crummy cars, <laughs> subcompacts that were created in the 70s to compete with the VW Bug. And it had okay. a particularly bad reputation of perhaps yeah. maybe catching on fire Not, oh. if you touch the back end too hard. <laughs>
0: So not just breaking down, just they would no, light on fire. They, and ex-
1: they would light on fire. And, and then explode, and explode, presumably,
0: because it's or at a least, car.
1: Or at least that's the rumor. That's the, uh, that's the, that's the reputation they have. So we're going to explore the exploding okay. Ford Pinto reputation. Uh, but before we get into the reputation, let me be a salesman real quick to tell you a little bit about the Ford Pinto. Because I know most yeah, people are at home.
0: If I was in the market for a new car... Uh, and I'm looking for, I assume this, I, this was a small car. This was like a, like a Civic Del Sol, like very hat or, or maybe a hatchback, like it's an a early hatchback. days yeah, Honda it's Civic. A,
1: it's, a, it's a sub. Yeah. Yeah. It's a subcompact. Okay. Pre, I think it's actually a pre, pre, pre Honda Civic maybe, but I, I don't know. Oh, probably.
0: I don't, I don't really think really those fast. came out to like the eighties or 90s. It is, who knows?
1: It is one of the first, uh, American subcompacts. Okay. Okay, it was produced from 1970 to 1980, 71, depending on where you want to look at the year calendar date stuff. 1971 to 1980 was the smallest car Ford offered since 1907. So, they had this reputation going bigger, 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 and now they're like, "Wow, time to go smaller." This subcompact suddenly
0: there's a market for for a small car that Mm -hmm. um, I guess if it this was a hatchback and so
1: well it it is it is offered in. Uh, several different configurations. You can get it as a two-door sedan, a two-door sedan deliver, which I have no idea what the hell that one was. A two-door station wagon, which is an ugly, a two-door <laughs> an ugly station? looking. Yeah, the an point of a station car.
0: wagon is to like maximize capacity for. Yeah, like have like.
1: Why would you have as, Yeah, third row th- th- seating. Yeah, No, nope, This one's a yeah, like it's wagon. like
0: having a van, but if you wanted to have a car,
1: like it's but it's like the yeah. the pre
0: SUV type.
1: Uh, or what most people most people are familiar with the uh, the three door hatchback, aka yeah. the runabout. Okay, that's that I was thinking of. Yeah, that's the one that
0: it's they 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 found a market for uh, people who had small families but needed to put groceries in their cars. Still, I guess.
1: Yes, yes, uh, and uh, and if, if if you didn't like the Ford badge and you are a Mercury fan, oh. uh, it was offered as the Mercury Bobcat because well, in America. Our automotive industry thinks that you need the exact same car with different badges depending on which company you buy from, even though they're all owned from the same conglomerate of corporations. So It was offered as a four-speed manual or a three-speed automatic. and either a four-cylinder or six-cylinder engine, the Ford Pinto was designed to be a cheap, lightweight vehicle that was cheap to buy, cheap to fill up, and cheap to maintain. No expense was spared, except maybe that whole safety thing.
0: Well, I mean, that's fantastic, though. That, I, I, so, how, how much horsepower is this thing packing?
1: I, di- I didn't look that up. Uh, oh, like, sh- 10. Christmas. I
0: don't know. How are it you going to not look? Like, we're going to have an well, episode about a car, and you're
1: not going to look up. Uh, you look up the Well, I'm not a car guy. You look up the horsepower while I keep talking. Uh, but who needs safety when you can have the Pinto that can fit two sets of golf clubs in the hatchback, uh, weighing only 2,015 pounds and costing a whopping Johnny $2,065 brand new in 1971? Not sold on the Ford Pinto? We'll just hear from the Ford Advertisers. Announcing the new Pinto three-door runabout. Pure Pinto, front to back. With an extra surprise, bringing up the rear. Up goes the third door, and the new Pinto runabout packs more fun than any little import. It's the little car with the five foot trunk. The Pinto three-door runabout. The third door makes packing simple and easy. Deep-pile carpeting is standard in the front and rear area. And with the rear seat up, there's room for four. New Pinto three-door runabout. Easy to pack, easy to pay for. Pinto is built to go and go and go. See the new Pinto three-door runabout at your Ford dealer. Packs more fun than any little import. Pinto. A little carefree car
0: from Ford. Okay, so it's about seventy-five-ish horsepower. It was anywhere from like fifty to to a hundred, but that seems that's good.
1: That's that's Especially pretty good. And and if you weren't paying attention, the the commercial did uh, advertise the special surprise in the rear. Uh, they yeah, also the, had radio... which was
0: I assume they were talking about the storage space.
1: Yeah, they were talking like, about look, the storage all space. That,
0: all that space that you can put in the and,
1: and absolutely nothing else. And they also, in in radio spots, this this would be pulled later, had uh, had advertisements mentioning the warm feeling that a Ford Pinto gives its owner. So, <laughs> um, I mean, they, why was that pulled? They weren't I wanna <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to say they knew what was going on the whole time and were like making a joke, and then they're like, oh, I guess we can't really do that anymore, guys. Yeah, it's just they're just some
0: sick guys being like, all right, well they're all catching on fire. They're going to kill lots of people let's let's go with a warm feeling joke and, the warm and see how that see how long we can get away with some intern got
1: fired for that joke i'm sure i'm sure and so you might be wondering yourself well ford pinto sounds pretty awesome where can i go and get not one? bad why yeah. did they stop yeah why did they stop manufacturing them in the 1980s and full disclosure my dad had a ford pinto my brother had a ford pinto i drove around in the ford pinto like all through the 90s because uh, my family was poor, we didn't have like we never bought anything new, so it was always secondhand. Yeah, but you're like, still here. Yeah, yeah, it, you, we and I'm still so here. We okay, have Ford so Pintos, why Pinto. We... and I have, I have fond memories. There are some features that they don't tell you in the advertisement. Uh, at least with my dad's Ford Pinto, you didn't need a key to turn the car on. You could just turn the ignition on without the key in it. Although I mean, you did ha- what need a great that key. Feature. You did need that key to fill up because the gas tank was locked. So, uh, you well, could, so if anybody you're Ford could to drive the car. That's fine. If your <laughs> Ford you Pinto
0: gets stolen, they're not going further than it's like, probably a like 120 mile miles. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how yeah, big yeah, the gas could. tank was, but my <laughs> goodness. I mean, that's not bad. What? I Okay, and yeah. I, I assume this was a cheap car. This was something that was affordable for lots mm-hmm. of people. So, mm-hmm. okay, so... Uh, aside from the small, um, sometimes catching on fire when you get rear-end, rear-ended, why would I? What well, possibly Why wrong. are we doing this yeah, episode? Right. Why do I? Well,
1: care? well, well, because, because, well, okay. So bear with me here. So the development, the whole Ford Pinto, already starts off on a bad foot with its development. So starting around 1967, Ford was debating about getting into the small market or the small car market Mm -hmm. uh, that was currently being dominated by the Volkswagen Bug or Hitler's people's car. Ah, yeah. That came to the United States and everybody was loving. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a Volkswagen. They're good. We love it. Yeah. They're good. Yeah. Uh, And so then president (laughs) Seaman Bunky Knudsen is his name. Bunky is the nickname, so, you know, all right, okay, we'll call him uh, in, Bunky.
0: Real quick, this is president of the company, not president of the United States.
1: Yeah, he was a president okay, I of the company of Ford at this time. I didn't think he the wanted, American
0: people would elect somebody by that name, but you, you just, I don't yeah. know all the presidents, so you never know.
1: He uh, he wanted nothing to do with the small car market. He says, why, why? We're making hand over fist with a Mustang, larger right. sedan's, and trucks. Why, why do I... Can't, like there's no profit margin on that. Why would I want that? Yeah. So what's the, basically so,
0: what's what's the what's the value to the company of yep. producing a car that is super cheap and cost you know makes you next to nothing.
1: Yep. But a young up and comer Lee Lacoco, Le uh, I think I'm pronouncing his phrase L-A-C-O-C-C-A. Lacoco, Lococo? Anyways, he argued forcibly something. that. Something, yeah, maybe Lee Lococo? Le I don't know. Yeah, yeah, Volkov. He argued forcibly that if Ford didn't compete with the VW Bug, then the Germans and Japanese would take the market. And oh, okay, so who cares? So
0: they would take the market they that them. they don't want and don't care about.
1: And they would take the market that they already control anyway. So they're not taking anything. Okay. They're
0: just continuing to control the market that Ford has not bothered getting into.
1: Yeah, and the problem is this market, the subcompact, is very cutthroat. You're talking about dollars and cents meaning everything. A $20 margin could make or break your car. If your car costs $2,020, it could price you right out of the market because people who were looking at the small subcompact were young adults getting their first vehicle, uh, young families getting their first vehicle, people who need it as cheap as they can
0: get. Yeah, parents buying their kid a first car, and they're like, I'll buy you a car, but it's going to be like a Ford Pinto bottom-of-the-barrel car. (laughs) like It's going to be entry-level type stuff
1: i think the equivalent today would be the panda oh uh, the, that's uh, like it's is like in kia? europe it's very i i think it's the oh, kia no. it's a kia or a ford one of the two and it's dirt dirt cheap crap car
0: it, it might it might be one of the european brands too but yeah it, it, but, yeah uh, or it, like um um I
1: guess not a smart car, because those are kind of pricey, aren't they? No, those are kind of pricey, yeah. Uh, But Lococo, he's going to win his argument, and Bunky would resign, and Lococo would take over as president and immediately begin production of the Ford Pinto. He wanted the model ready for the model year 1971, which gave them a whopping 25 months to complete. So you had to get the car from design to production in 25 months. And you might think that that sounds like a long time, but the industry standard was forty-three months.
0: I was gonna say no. That oh, well, so, first of all, because I've worked in in, in a scientific manufacturing yeah. area, which, which manufactured test strips for diabetes. Uh, yeah, that's not a long time at all to go no. from from ground zero to finished product. That's that's nothing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> And to make matters worse or to drive that home point or that point home faster is uh, that it's the uh, it's the record for the fastest car from concept to production up to that point. So um, even oh my, I thought they went like super quick on some of the early like Model A
0: or Model T or something. I think they went like pretty quick on some of those.
1: those well, I, this is up to but this point, a, the fastest children. concept from from idea on paper to full production car. Little, actually, it's even mile. a little less than 25 months. Uh, the problem here with this whole thing is, again, if you're not understanding why that's a problem, it takes 18 months to build up an industrial line to produce cars. All the tooling that it takes to right. stamp out the metal, to make the car, it takes 18 months to do that. So,
0: Yeah, that's the thing a lot of people... Done, that's a lot of things... Uh, one of the things that people don't consider is it not only... Uh, do you have to get the design, get everything, figure out where to put together? You have to build the machinery to cut the to pieces to the right size, to put them together the right way. You have to like it's a lot that goes into it.
1: And normally, that's the absolute last thing that's done. Normally, your last eighteen months are building the tooling for the manufacturing. Right. At that yeah, point. Yeah. You have every. You have, you have a prototype, train, prototype you have car. You know it, Yeah. You've tested said car a couple of times, yep. and, and you're just going into full production. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, been
0: hand built, hand cut and everything else and now now you want yep. to mass produce so you
1: build the machinery to mass produce it yeah the pinto didn't have that option it was being the tooling was being built as the car was being designed and so if like, we, we got an an engineer, the door designed okay so an engineer so instance, finds that his
0: cut was off just a little bit or whatever he had to make some sort of adjustment they have to now adjust an entire machine's calibration to make those yeah. corrections
1: or if you find that the placement of your gas tank might have been not in the right spot, sorry about you. So where was the <laughs> gas tank? What it? You... Well, so to get. <laughs> How do you put a gas tank in a wrong spot? What do you? Well, okay. So to make matters worse, about the like the development of this, Lakoca wanted it to be as roomy in the inside as possible. You know, a family car that could seat five or yeah. carry. Two loads of golf clubs, and he wanted a very stringent. It had to be no less than or no more than two thousand pounds, and no more than two thousand dollars. Which, from the original production that I told you earlier, they didn't meet. It was two thousand fifteen pounds and two thousand sixty five dollars. I was going to say
0: that sounds like some marketing employee BS that the marketing department comes up with. And they're like, all right, now you engineers and everything have to come up and fit our specs yeah. and, and and meet this and that's, it. but only so they could say. 2,000 pounds for $2,000 or some crap like that. Some dumb thing like that,
1: yeah. Well, and so that leads us to the gas tank that I was telling you about. You know, like maybe you misplaced the gas tank. So the first initial idea was to use Ford's new saddle-type gas tank that they had the patent for, which uh, actually had the gas tank sitting over the the rear axle, the rear differential. Okay. So it was away from the rear bumper. It was sitting on top of the rear differential. So the only way that that could really get broken or hit would be I'm pretty that bad. Snaps accident. and yeah, like basically, yeah. if your car I mean, gets
0: crushed between two and your s-
1: axle snaps in half, then yeah. the so gas tank is going to be in danger. The problem with the the new saddle type gas tank is that um, it makes the whole floor of the car sit up higher, which mm-hmm. means uh, yeah. now you can't get the two sets of golf clubs. You can only get one set of golf clubs. And the Coca said, "No, two mm-hmm. sets of golf clubs, because you're going to want to bring your buddy to the golf course." So and, he's th- th- need and, and instead clubs. of and instead
0: of being like, okay, well, maybe we just make it a little bit taller. Nope. Uh, can't they
1: they did what exactly? Uh, they decided to put the gas tank, and, and to be fair to Ford, at the industry standard for subcompacts, which was behind the rear differential and in front of the rear bumper. So in the middle of the two. In, and in the Ford under Pinto's the trunk. case. Yeah, under the trunk. And in the Ford Pinto's case, that meant six inches in front of the rear bumper when you look at a picture of a ford pinto from behind you can see the gas tank the big silver thing that's up underneath the car yeah that's your gas tank so
0: i had an experience once where i was driving to work and um i was in a honda civic and all the traffic was coming to a stop and so i started coming to a stop and then the van behind me went off onto the shoulder and i looked in the rearview mirror to figure out why all of a sudden, this van was beside me, and a semi-truck was coming. And he came, and he smashed into the back of me. I, luckily, I everything was fine. He didn't hit my actual metal bumpers. He, like, went over that to the bumper, the plastic bumper, and then the trunk. Uh, completely folded my trunk in half. Um, but if I were driving a Pinto, I'd be dead, right? Like, is that what you're saying? Uh. That would have exploded my <laughs> gas tank because the bottom yeah. half of my car was folded in half.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um so at the same time the Pintos in development there's some industry changes going on. In 1967 the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration from now on I'm just going to say the NHTSA uh passed its <laughs> Which first is standard
0: list of a mouthful.
1: Well, it's not, but it's better <laughs> than the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration passed its first standard for automotive fuel system safety known as section 301. So the very first Safety-wide guidelines in the United States for fuel yep. was yeah. 1967.
0: That took a while.
1: It took a minute.
0: Uh, when, when did the, the the first Model T roll off the lot in like 19, 18 1890 something, something or 190 oh maybe something
1: like three. 19... It was early 1900s. Yeah. yeah. By the early 1900s, you had cars. Yeah. So we'll say 67 years. Holy to come up with some kind of safety standard about fuel systems.
0: To decide that oh. maybe this highly flammable thing that we light on fire to operate this machinery uh, should have some sort of regu- safety regulation to Regulations, to yep. yeah.
1: Okay. Some crash test safety. And in this first 1967 proposal, it was just talking about front-end collisions. It wasn't talking about rear-end collisions. It was just talking about front-end just collisions. So Ford head. was like, yeah, head-on-head. Head. Ford's like, deal. Sure, we'll yeah, sign we, off on that. We don't We care. can deal with it. <laughs> Who puts their fuel tank in the front anymore, (laughs) suckers? What kind of maniac would do that? Which is crazy because, like, you think, okay, we're only worried about the front end. But if in a normal car crash, if the front end is getting hit, Usually that front end's hitting something, and in your case, it's hitting the rear end, right? Because well, you know, like if you're in traffic, the front end's probably going to hit the rear end of something. So maybe be concerned about the rear end. Too. Yeah,
0: I mean, this seems a little bit like the whole um, all those planes that came back in, in one of the wars with all the the shots in them, and then yes, they're like, yeah, oh, yeah. we need to repair that, and it's like, no, you need to repair the thing. The ones that aren't surviving, like the head-on head yeah. collisions, are the worst ones, and so that's the ones they're most concerned about. But the one that happens way more frequently is is head on, is, rear, yeah. Yeah, is a rear end and now they're they're going to ignore that because they're just going to blow up, I guess.
1: It took a couple of years, but in January 1969, 18 months into the Ford Pinto's production or not production but design process, the NHTSA considered adding rear end collisions into the standard. They ah, proposed that it needed have that. And Ford's like, ooh. Well, hold- Ford's <laughs> halt they're like, hold on a second. Let's let's hear what they got to say. And, and the the standard was proposed that it needed to be able to sustain a twenty mile per hour moving barrier impact on the rear. So basically, you have
0: okay, yeah, the
1: the, the car's not fixed, the barrier's not fixed. They're both moving, so it's not a, a static accident. Right at twenty and, miles per hour. Well,
0: and going back to when I got rear ridden by the the semi truck, I was able to slow down enough to where, as he impacted me, I wasn't stopped and i wasn't slammed on the brake i was able to get hit and then move forward it's a little a bit impact. and then hit my brakes yeah. again which makes like anybody who studied physics that's a huge difference in, yep. in the total
1: impact and ford was all on board they said yep we're gonna do that we're good we're good okay uh, but in August 1970, the NHTSA changed their mind and said it now has to be a 20 mile per hour fixed barrier impact. So oh. now you're basically driving that car in reverse at 20 miles an hour and hitting a fixed barrier. Right. And Ford's like, ooh, no get
0: no give.
1: Yeah, we don't we don't like that. So we're gonna fight you over the next eight years on this very point they said that they would voluntarily comply with a moving barrier 20 miles per hour by 1973 and get all their vehicles up to that standard by 1973 voluntarily cuz this isn't this isn't law yet this is still right. being right okay but uh,
0: but but by all their vehicles i would assume that the pinto would be the one that they're concerned about and not the rest of them
1: Perhaps yes, but I mean they—they all have. I mean the—the the safety standards of the nineteen so seventies vehicle they is there, about nonexistent. Yeah, because <laughs> the whole crash testing it's, and stuff. This was like, yeah, this is. It's this when is they new. started to develop it. Is that why? So like, be, it, wait, hold up. Is the newness
0: of safety standards the reason why crash t- like the crash test dummies, became a thing? Like the late eighties, in and the nineties, I think because that's I like think so, when they yeah. finally to like figured out a way to actually or try to test, make it safe, yeah, uh, the safety I've... of vehicles.
1: Yeah, I that's think terrifying. I, think honestly, I thought it was just be,
0: because yeah. they'd been doing that
1: for decades. No, I think that honestly might be when it really picks up in industry standards, like you're talking about the safety of cars and, Holy and uh, yeah. Crap. Now you might ask yourself, why was Ford like on board with the 20 mile per hour moving accident, but not the 20 you know 20 mile per hour fixed barrier? Like, well, I would why, assume that was, was, they like, could pass would one and not to the know, other. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, and that's the clear thing is Ford had to have known that there was a problem with at least one of their vehicles being able to pass that, so they were like, no, we don't want to do it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, this sounds like a harder test to pass. I don't want to take it because I already
1: know we're not going to pass it. Yeah, so uh, so that there's this short, pesky design table comes back to bite them in the butt because, again, the placement of the fuel tank. Um, now, Ford denies ever crash-testing any Pinto prior to its production. Wait. They deny it. They, in, in, Wait, in uh, later uh, well, trials, hold on.
0: I'm sorry. When you say... When you say people deny things, they usually deny something that they would be accused of that's bad. They're denying yes. taking any sort of precautions to uh, figure out the safety of a vehicle. Why would they do that? Why would they do they're that? They're trying
1: to claim they're trying to claim they had no knowledge that there was any kind of potential design flaw in their system. But so they're saying prior to the prior to the first car being sold, they never, Johnny, they never. Crash tested the Ford Pinto. However, uh, insiders would testify otherwise, and there is some clear evidence that comes out in some trials that say, "Yeah, you definitely did." Now, I so so they did, this... and
0: then found bad results, and then tried to hide it. Is yeah. what you're hinting yes. at?
1: So yes, yeah. So a lot of this information I'm about ready to give you. There's a big caveat here, so it's going to come from a 1970s uh, uh, article from. Mother Jones, entitled okay. "Pinto Madness," which has an expose into the Ford Pinto and all of Ford's cover-ups of now, its known problems.
0: i I vaguely have heard of Mother Jones. It's just a magazine company, like a kind of a. It's like they do all, investigative, like...
1: yeah. It's like an investigative journalism that's like the companies are doing something evil, so they it's that kind of got. They, it's not gotcha journalism, but it's like. No. Okay, so it's you it's, the, it's like low, legitimate
0: legitimate yeah. good journalism being done on things that people might be concerned about or need journalism yes about. okay yeah. but it is yeah. it's not a daily mail it's not it, it uh, these no, are legitimate i don't, journalists. I don't think
1: so. yeah i yeah I don't at think least so. back is, then like, who knows what it's doing do now they they did yeah i don't know if it even still exists or not but they uh, they, I've heard they it, did so. exaggerate they did exaggerate the death totals so okay so you can't speculate about some of you can speculate about some of their stuff. And, of course, a lot of their sources do want to remain anonymous. So, again, read it yourself. I'll put the article, you know, in the, in the description if you want to read it. A um, grain but, of salt
0: type stuff,
1: but this is what we know yeah. or yeah. think we know. So, we think we know. So, according to them, Ford crash tested 40 Pintos pre-release. And every rear-end crash test over 40 miles per hour with an unmodified Pinto resulted in the ruptured fuel tank. Why, mm. you ask? Well, upon immediate impact, the tank would be ripped away from the pipe connecting the, uh, the fuel spout. So the fuel spout, right. where you put the fuel in, uh, there's, a, there's a tube that goes down to the gas tank. Mm-hmm. Upon impact, at anything over 25 miles per hour, the tank and would separate from that. that spout, which then risks fuel being spread upon the ground of right course. off the bat from the initial impact.
0: Well, but the good thing the f- is there's no part of the car that's metal that could cause a spark to ignite that fuel. <laughs>
1: Which is to, nice. make matters, to make matters worse, the gas tank would be pushed into the rear differential where there are four bolts facing towards the gas tank that would <laughs> puncture into the gas tank four and rupture need- it. <laughs> it's four needles. Four,
0: four needles four facing needles, a balloon.
1: Four steel needles facing a balloon that's made out of steel hitting each other, and now gas is spread everywhere. And so a highly
0: some, flammable, combustible. Flammable. Substance so now on at this point, that's all impressive. you need is
1: a spark. All you need is a spark in the age where all the vehicles are made out of steel. So it's steel rubbing on steel with four steel bolts rubbing on the freaking steel gas tank that yeah. you just ruptured full of highly flammable gas. Well, so, um,
0: And steel running on, the, I mean, pieces falling off onto the ground, hitting the, the concrete. I'm sure everybody's seen a... You know, a moving truck or something that has a chain a little bit too long that is just dragging along the highway, dragging just and kicking sparks, up sparks, sparks, sparks everywhere. Sparks, yep. Like that's yep. every bit of the car that fell off or whatever is is hitting that and, and causing a spark. And good God,
1: yeah. Now if that wasn't bad enough, any any crash over forty-five miles per hour, uh, this is this is the car uh, yep. would would accordion the car and Ooh, bend the yep. frame upwards. Mm-hmm. Which had a bad tendency to jam the door shut. Yep. So, yeah, so you can't now get out. you're in a car that's doors are jammed but you can't get out of. And you've got gas leaking everywhere. So all it takes is one spark. And now you're and... in a flaming coffin.
0: <laughs> Good night. Uh, actually, that is what uh, ended up uh, totally my car out. Uh, it wasn't the, the folded over trunk. It was... Uh, they after it hit the trunk, it hit enough of the frame and bent it enough up to where they're like, and now it's it's yeah, total. I mean, it wasn't yeah, bent bad like like I could open my doors, everything was fine. But uh, car safety's come a long way since the '70s. Car
1: safety's come a long way since the '70s. <laughs> Thank goodness for the
0: NHTPTCA.
1: Yeah, and if or all of whatever. that wasn't was wasn't bad enough. Um, The Ford's transmission was faulty in the Pinto, and it had a tendency to stall out the vehicle. So even if you got yourself a brand-new Ford Pinto, every now and then, it would just stall out because the transmission would screw it up. Uh, And and see, in my dad's Pinto, or my brother's Pinto, uh, it it was worse with automatics. Uh, But in my dad's Pinto, it happened all the time. And I just assumed, like... It's just a shitty used vehicle. Like as a kid, that's what I always assumed. That's ah, just right. a shitty used vehicle. Yeah,
0: it, it, it's one of those vehicles that you buy with a check engine light on that has its issues that you got to kick in the right way to get going. Yeah, something like that. Uh,
1: little did I know. No, that was. Just, that's just. That's, uh, just a, that's just a Ford Pinto. That's a
0: design feature, <laughs> that they included.
1: And and and, do you think any of this was brought to LaCocca's attention? The engineers, they said, hell no. Uh, He didn't want to hear about it. He said flat out, he doesn't give a shit about safety. He isn't going to talk about safety. Anything at all that was brought to his attention that would delay the production of the Ford Pinto, he would pull out a cigar, smoke on it a couple times, throw the green book at him, which was the uh, the manual for like the goals of the project, and say, read that and get back to work.
0: Okay, so he refused to. He just refused to listen about safety because he had. All he wanted to do was to insert into the compact car uh, competition competition. Yes. He was interested in winning Uh, that competition at all costs.
1: Uh, Yes. Which Uh, meant cutting
0: all the costs of uh, uh, testing for safety.
1: Yep, yep. Cool. Uh, but one of those engineers was Lou Tubin, uh, who was so concerned with the problem that he asked his superior, his supervisor's boss, uh, if he could have a meeting set up with all the engineers and LaCoca uh, to discuss a more safer tank design that he had discovered in 1971. Pre sale of the Pinto, before the Pinto's even in full production, he's already got the fix. And what he found out was that a simple one pound, one dollar piece of plastic in front of the gas tank. Between the gas tank and the rear differential, between yep. those bolts, yeah, would 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 solve it. It would stop the gas tank from being punctured. That that and, was enough mitigate to, the risk of a whole rupture. That's enough yeah. to
0: absorb the impact. And in... I thought you were going to yeah. be like he he wants the black box stuff from the uh no, airplanes no, or whatever what, to make a, it a
1: just a a one pound one piece of plastic or one dollar piece of plastic. That 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 was it. One dollar, $1, just put it in there. But yeah. by this time, the machines are built, so it's not really just a one dollar piece of right. plastic. Well, that, and that, and that's, the thing nobody,
0: no, that's the thing and, nobody and ever, gotta, ever thinks about is when you change anything, it doesn't matter how cheap that, that little piece is, the, the labor, the parts that go into correcting the machinery, the recalibration of them, all of that is time and a whole mm-hmm. heck of a lot, a lot of money. Of money. I was told when I was working the, at um, the, the, the random place that I, I used to work at um, that if there was something that I could – the way that I should think about costs and expenses and, and everything else is um, basically value my time at $150 an hour. Because they estimated that's about what the company was paying me or paying for me to do my services. Now, I wasn't getting anything near that. But once the company calculated all their health benefits and their vacation and, and their just general productivity and everything else, that's the number they came about. And they're like, if you can find a way to get that lower, do it. And sometimes that would involve spending thousands of dollars. But they didn't care because it saved
1: overall in the end yeah they Th- didn't this want to would add it. to the expense <laughs> and they didn't want to do it because already at this point the ford pintos over that two thousand dollar uh price tag and it's already over that two thousand pound weight limit so yeah t- 2017
0: 2064 or whatever doesn't sound nearly as good
1: no it doesn't sound nearly as good so lococa well the supervisor said yeah sure go ahead uh uh Build up your, uh, you know, build up your meeting, get it scheduled. So you know, ha- have at it. So the date was scheduled. The engineers were all invited. The production team was invited. Lococo was invited. And when the day came, uh, Lou and his boss were the only two to show. Up. <laughs> Nobody cared. Now, if all of this is not bad enough up to this point, we have the infamous memo, the Pinto memo.
0: Wait,
1: this is the so- thing that. This is a thing. You this say that like thing. I should have heard of it. I've never heard of this. No, well, I mean, if you lived in the 70s, you heard of it. Oh, okay. Uh, and well, if you I know didn't. about the Ford Pinto fiasco, you've heard of it. Okay. Now, there's a lot of misinformation about this. Now, I will say right off the bat, this isn't directly referencing the Ford Pinto. This is referencing all vehicles in Ford.
0: Okay. okay. Yeah, right. Because this so, is, I, I'm guessing, this is addressing their whole, like, collision.
1: Yes. Uh, uh,
0: Lawsuit, well, not lawsuit, it's, but the, the yes regulation. Yeah, well,
1: it's, it's the it's the fight against the NHTSA. So in their fight against Section <laughs> three hundred one on rear end collisions, Ford was in talks with the NHTSA, uh-huh. and they said that they would do a cost benefit ratio to show the NHTSA that uh, this safety protocol would actually cost the industry more money than it would save, and there's no point in doing it. Like the the risk is mitigated. There's not enough benefit to fixing the problem because the risk is so small. Anyways. okay, wait,
0: so this is just, I mean this is just a corporation valuing money over human life.
1: Yes, okay, so the NHTSA claimed that between two thousand and three thousand deaths would occur each year due to fire and crashes. Ford dismissed that and said the majority of those crash victims would actually die prior to the fire being a problem. Like they would die as the impact itself. So you can't count those deaths. (laughs) And they said it was probably closer to like 600 to 700 actual fire related deaths a year, which is still six, 600. Right.
0: Yeah. uh, But so basically they're saying uh, the fire is just making sure the job is complete. In most yes, of yeah. these cases, it's just yeah.
1: just yeah. finishing the job. The job now, the is mostly dam- done, but they're no, gonna finish. they just it. it's just finishing it. Yeah. Now the, now the damning part of this memo is Table Three, which again I'm going to put a link up to this, and there will be a picture if you're if you're watching it on YouTube of it. It, it says that uh, there would be 180 burn deaths, 180 serious burns, and 2,000 burned cars is their prediction for what would likely happen in a year.
0: In a year.
1: In a year, uh, they placed Johnny, They placed. Hold on, this is gonna get. This is where you're gonna get mad. They placed human life. And they valued it at two hundred thousand dollars, which is one point two million today. Which, to be fair, I think is more than what corporations value human uh, life. My but, wife's
0: life insurance is less than that.
1: Not one point two million. Yeah. So they place human life at two hundred thousand. They place injury at sixty seven thousand. or four hundred fourteen thousand four hundred and fourteen thousand today, and they place an estimated seven hundred dollars per vehicle in cost. So total okay, real
0: quick, uh, the injury that they're talking about here uh, is just to be clear. Horribly, burned. this is yeah. burn victim skin transplant. Like this is yeah. not an this is not a dislocated shoulder or broken arm or yeah, some broken I, ribs. You don't. It's not a. It's not. You don't really recover from it. It's just no. they they fix your skin so it doesn't hurt
1: all the time,
0: but you're mangled yeah, and. and-
1: to be fair, part of these numbers were actually developed by the NHTSA, so you can't entirely blame Ford for their valuation. Oh, I'm not blaming. I'm not but,
0: blaming uh, Ford. I'm blaming uh, the 1970s general idea of what it was to be safe.
1: Yeah, uh, and uh, and that's I would I would inverse those numbers. I would say it costs a hell of a lot more money for the burned injured victim who's going to have to spend the rest of his life getting skin grafts than it would for that you know person who actually died. But yeah, that's. Neither here nor there. So they totaled, they estimated that in a, in a given year it would cost uh, forty nine point five million dollars in damages for the burn victims, or you know the burn crashes, burn accidents, all that stuff. Okay, so, so that's, their, point, that's, the oh,
0: that's their that's basically that's their cost Ford's, If they yeah, had that's to Ford's pay out
1: whatever, if they had to just they didn't change anything and they were just paying out the damages. They said forty nine point five million dollars a okay. year, or two hundred and seventy eight point six million dollars a day. Now. They claim that it would cost $11 per car and $11 per truck to bring them up to the safety standards in Section 301. Spread out over 11 million cars and 1.5 million trucks, you have $137 million or $848.2 million today. So it would cost approximately $2.5 million or 2.5 times more to fix the problem than just to ignore it and pay out the people.
0: Right. Basi- yeah, basically they're saving $100 million by letting people die to buy their product.
1: So... Ford's or get injured. Argument to the NHTSA against making safety standards. Is, it's just cheaper not to. Yeah, and, and to hell with the human life. We've not changed. It's cheaper not to. Ford literally said. We haven't said changed today. To the American people. Just let them burn. It's cheaper. Well, some of them. It's a small percentage,
0: and it's a percentage of which they're willing to pay out. I mean, this this happens all the time with law, with companies paying uh, lawsuits out uh, in, in small – They're like, okay, we'll give you I'll tell you what. Drop this lawsuit. We'll give you, I don't know, $850,000, which is more money than that person would ever dream of ever having. think of, yeah. And, and tell you what – I'm going to settle just about everything if you're going to give me $850,000. But companies do this sh- all the time. Yep. And it's yep. just because it's this cheaper is, to do this that and just to fix the problem. This is the, and, yeah.
1: This is the big – this is the first big public one that becomes public domain that people learn about. Now, this memo – Well, I mean,
0: the good like, thing is, though, that it's the last one, and we learned from it and started holding companies responsible <laughs> for their
1: actions. Sure. Sure. Yeah, this is uh, this is um this is also like the the misinformation about this memo is that people think it's just related to the Ford Pinto. It's not just right. related to the Ford Pinto. It's it's right. related to all yeah. Ford's vehicles. It's basically it related to all vehicles on the road. Ford was trying to say that it's more expensive to fix the problem across the industry than it was to uh they're supposed to, to just pay people out. To so pay the people pay that are people dying be or being injured. <laughs> being severely injured, yeah. Now, beginning in 1973, Ford's own recall service began receiving reports of rear-end collision fires. They investigated it twice and found no need for action. They're like, that's ah, good. It's okay, like no more or less dangerous than any other vehicle out there. What
0: a, what a, what a very funny uh, choice of words that they found no need for action. They didn't find <laughs> the kid, no problem. It, Problem. They found Just no need, no for, need action. for action because that yep. action that they would have had to take was too expensive. Is basically well, too what expensive.
1: they're telling you. $11 per car, too expensive. Tommy, I'm getting, I'm, 40, Tommy this is going to get bad. I'm, I'm feeling it. Know, I know. It's bubbling. The, NH, uh, the 1974, the NHTSA would also investigate and find Ford Pinto was no more or less dangerous than any other subcompact on the road. So, no need for a recall because it's no more or less dangerous than the Volkswagen Bug. Okay, is, is the, that... Or the Datsun. accurate, or the Gremlin. Were all of these tiny cars as dangerous? We will get there at the end, and I'll let you decide okay. for yourself at the very end. So, 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 bear with me. Uh, well, this memo is going to leak, and the Pinto Madness article is going to be published, and it would spur public outcry. And they claim for that Ford. The big issue here in this in this Pinto Madness is that they claim yeah. Ford knew about the problem prior to the car even being sold. And they're like,
0: which, uh, no we didn't. We didn't listen to any of the people that brought this to our attention.
1: <laughs> so the <laughs> day really after this article this... <laughs> so the so the day after the article is published there, you know, and the day after there's a public press conference over the article on August eleventh, nineteen seventy seven, the NHSTA, or the NHTSA initiates another investigation and this time this time they do some crash tests. Uh Uh-oh. I'm going to go ahead and play. I'm going to play one of their crash tests. So, uh, so from that crash test, you can clearly see that there might be a a wee bit of a problem <laughs> with the car just <laughs> bursting into flames. But Ford was like, uh uh-uh, uh 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 Listen, Mm-mm. that That's test just was unfair. No. They they, they claim the test was unfair. Now you gotta bear with me. This is where you're gonna get really mad. They claim it was unfair because instead of a regular barrier crash test, they used a rear a real car that's called a bullet car that has a pointed front end. So not fair. Then mm. to make it even more mm. not fair, they filled that front you know the, the front end of that car with weight uh, that they claimed was specifically designed to have the car slide up underneath the Pinto to hit the gas tank. Oh. Although what it was really doing yeah. was simulating you know the weight of a fucking engine in yeah, the car. Yeah. Now, yeah.
0: Yeah, it turns out engine, the engines are heavy. It turns yeah, out
1: to make uh to make all of that even worse, Ford claimed that the headlights were turned on, thus encouraging the induction of a spark, and that and that the gas tank was filled full of gas and not at the industry standard half gas, half non-flammable liquid because yeah, that's real life where you're driving around with a half a gas tank full of water. And, uh, and finally, they complained that the crash test occurred at 35 miles per hour, not the 25 miles per hour that was the industry standard. Okay. And said that most cars, most subcompact cars would fail at that 35 mile per hour test.
0: Okay, so real quick, just, just a, a brief recap here. We have uh, them saying, basically, no one's going to drive at night because yep. the headlights can't be on in this, in this crash test. They're saying... Uh, that if a car has an engine in the front, basically if you're not being uh, rear-ended by a you know rear-engine Porsche or
1: Ferrari or whatever, yeah, you're only uh, being rear-ended by rear-engine cars. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah, okay. So that's fine. You're you're good there as long as you're driving in the daylight and are being rear-ended by by sports
1: cars. Um, and then the, the, what was that, that last little, it had a point, a point, okay. uh, By the way, in 1970, find me a sedan that doesn't have some kind of point to the hood of the car. Oh yeah.
0: Like every, every car from the seventies, as far as I know, at least watching the Jetsons, because that's my only knowledge of the seventies is they had uh, (laughs) two big spikes on the sides and then one big spike in the middle. And that was, that was what all of the cars looked like. Um, but okay, how are how how are, Basically how are they going to be mad
1: about them they're setting up that the, real
0: life scenarios and crashing exactly? Against that's it. what I was going
1: to say. They're they're complaining that the NHSTA, or TSA, whatever the hell it is, it, it did a real life crash test on the car. Yeah. not just and having it, the car get hit by a barrier. It did a real life crash test of the car, and they're like, well, uh-uh, that." How dare you test a real life scenario?
0: Yeah, guys, we did just enough in the lab scenarios to pass this test. How dare you bring us a real life scenario that we now have to pass? That's insane. Like, in their, what situation are people going to run across uh, cars driving at night rear ending them?
1: And their final argument is like, well, all the other cars are going to fail too, so come on, it's not fair.
0: So they're wanting a so the, curve set for the safety of
1: people? The NHTSA also found that 27 deaths were directly related to the rear impact fire of Ford Pintos between 1971 and 1977. How many? So not There's a are, lot of deaths. Many? 27. So not a okay. lot. Still, you know, so it's only 27 people none. that got
0: trapped in their car and burnt alive on and account of death. their yes. laziness and unwillingness to adhere to safety standards. Yes. All uh, right, so Ford that's number we're willing to accept,
1: I think, as Americans.
0: I think we're good with that
1: yep. generally. Yep. So the NHTSA would tell Ford, hey, um, yeah, you guys failed. You got to fix this. <laughs> Ford did voluntarily recall uh, all the poor Ford Pintos on June 9th, nineteen seventy-eight, days before the NHTSA uh, finding was made public. So they're trying to save all face at them? this point. They're like, "Yeah, they're like, we'll take them all back and fix them if you if you want." Which, of course, you know, in most auto, like, how many people actually in automotive like recalls are like, "Yeah, okay, take the car." I guarantee okay. you, the Ford Pintos that my brother and dad were driving were not fixed.
0: Well, here's a th- here's a thing about that. Um, today with email and with all the tracking and, and, and the keeping track of everything they do uh, it's hard to find out w- about a recall like and you well, you find it on Facebook or you get maybe you're lucky and you actually like registered your car on uh, you know Honda or Ford or whatevercom and and they're gonna email you about any 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 recalls they have but For the most part, they just kind of put one out, and unless you happen to check the news and see it, you're out of luck.
1: Yeah, well... So this would lead to lawsuits. Ford would be sued 117 times over the Ford Pinto, but two cases stick out. I'm going to go over those two cases real quick, real briefly. So the first one is Grimshaw versus Ford Motor Company, and this is a very definitive one that most people reference when they're talking about this whole shindig. So this was decided in 1978, uh, I I believe right around the time that Ford was like, yeah, we fucked up. (laughs) So Okay, so
0: 1978, you said the the Pinto was uh, until 79 or 80.
1: So was this the nail in the coffin? Uh, so it's it, it. it doesn't help, and it revolves around a fatally severe burning, um, a fatally severe uh, burning, and a fatality. So we've got two uh, we got a burned person who almost died and a person. died. You know so the problem for Ford is
0: there, the their their biggest problem there the survivor. Yeah.
1: Yep. So Lily Gray, uh, she was driving her 1972 Ford Pinto in the center lane of a California highway with her 13 year old passenger Richard Grimshaw, when the transmission took a shit. And the Pinto stalled, resulting in her being rear-ended by a vehicle behind her going between thirty and fifty miles per hour at the impact. It's kind of estimated. The, because the, the speed limit was fifty, it was breaking when it hit. Right, uh, and, yeah. so,
0: and so okay, so this is she's just driving down the highway, down the highway, and her car, and the car stops. Stops.
1: Yep, and she gets rear-ended because it stalled. Uh, the, uh, the doors jam, the car catches on fire and Lily Gray dies on the scene while Richard is, uh, severely burned and would spend the rest of his life getting skin grafts, uh, because he's severely burned. Oh, uh, and also, specifically, I think it was his ear. Like he had to keep getting his ear rebuilt.
0: Yeah. Also, uh, that small little detail of, uh, his mother burning to death beside him trapped in this car. Uh, yep. Yep. I'm guessing that probably didn't stay with him too long mentally. Uh, he probably got over it pretty quickly, but uh, you know, for some people, yeah. that might stick with him.
1: Now, this is all uh, in conjunction with the uh, the, the Pinto Madness uh, Mother Jones article came oh, br- out specifically uh-huh. okay. right before this. They intentionally did it to spur public outrage against. You know I, okay forward. all right yeah spur public
0: outrage or um uh find an opportunity to get the public to care is another way well yeah uh, that's to exactly it.
1: yeah um That's exactly what it is. The jury found Ford at fault and set a record verdict of $127.8 million uh, fine, or $791.2 today, in total damages. $125 million were punitive, and $2.841 million went to Richard Grimsaw, and $665,000 went to the family of Lily Gray. Now, if you're not from America, we have a cap on what you can personally collect from a lawsuit. That doesn't reflect... Punitive damages from America. So didn't know essentially, that. Uh, so essentially, what you have is like if you get injured, there is a cap on what you can sue, and I think in most states it's around three million dollars. Okay, you can still get so anything over that is punitive, and goes to the state because you know taxes. So punitive but, uh, Hage, are damages
0: are just is just money going to uh, uh, to underpay teachers.
1: Sure. Is it basically? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's where it goes, Johnny. It doesn't <laughs> the go judge. Uh, this is where you're going to get really mad, Johnny. Oh, uh, the it. judge is going to reduce. He's going to reduce the punitive damages to 3.5 million because, after all, and I quote, that was still larger than any other punitive damage award in the state by a factor of about five. So he takes the record 125 million punitive and just lets Ford off the hook. So for everything,
0: good enough because it's bigger
1: than ever. Yes, now the second case, Johnny, is Indiana versus a Ford Motor Company. Indiana, home <laughs> state, bo- let's bo- go bo-
0: bo- home yeah. state.
1: Uh, this case is centered around an accident that occurred on August 10th, uh-huh. 1978, where three teenage girls are driving their Ford Pinto that Daddy bought them, and they're they're in a. Okay, uh, hold a on, wait. All right,
0: oh, this. you said that a little bit like Daddy bought them, like they bought him, they bought them a BMW or Mercedes. Daddy bought them a Pinto. <laughs>
1: all right, I'm sorry. Daddy bought him a pinto, so Daddy, Daddy must not have loved him th- enough. Yeah. So this is really Daddy hated these thought.
0: little girls and wanted to give them something crappy to learn how to drive on, so he provided them with a pinto.
1: Yeah. So the teenage driver, she, uh, uh, I'm not, it, it, I'm not making any stereotypes here or anything like that. This is back in the day where the gas caps weren't attached to the vehicle. Like you would take them off, and you would have to, you know, usually oh, put them right, on top right, of the car okay, fill up so totally. You have to replace them. Well, she forgot to do that, yeah. and so as she drove off, she it fell off. Okay. So she stopped the vehicle to sure. go collect. Said been there, and then was getting back in the car, and then Chevy van, boom.
0: On the side Man of the—I I assume she pulled over on the side yeah. of the road and then got— re- I would assume,
1: but they—yeah, I would assume, but they got rear-ended by a Chevy van, and all three of them died.
0: Oh, Jesus. How— To make— What? How fast was this— How fast was the van going?
1: Yeah. Do we know? Uh, I, I, I didn't, I didn't no. have that information. Fast? Now, the—fast uh, enough— well, all you had to do was go above 20 20, miles 23 of power, so miles an hour. <laughs> <barely>. <laughs> There's a risk that the car would explode. Now, the Urlach, Daddy Urlach, would receive a recall notice for that very Ford Pinto in 1979. Uh, can you can you imagine? Well, this this naturally got him a little peeved. You so don't he went say. To He went to the Elkhart County prosecutor and he agreed and brought up charges on Ford on three counts of reckless homicide. The first time that a corporation was ever brought up on charges
0: of homicide. There we go. Okay, we're getting somewhere now.
1: Grand jury indicts on three charges of reckless homicide. Now, this is where you're gonna get pissed off again. Because it's a corporation and it's a person.
0: Right. A corporation. You can't
1: actually You can't actually arrest a corporation because it's a building so no, how do you arrest a building
0: uh, i don't know the ceos the coo the cfo no no no
1: the owner it is determined that the it is determined that the, the max, shareholders yeah johnny wait it's determined that the max punishment is thirty thousand dollars
0: i'm sorry come again yep
1: the max they, punishment I, I, for, okay so for, for a corporation for, committing reckless homicide
0: three time, $30, times times $30, three. 3 is it $30,000 yeah. per
1: reckless homicide? Uh, I think it's a max of $30,000
0: for just not a a, corpor- a corporation yeah. making millions of dollars a year. Yes. Okay. So that would be the this is basically the equivalent of me uh, committing reckless homicide. Going to court and the court being like, you know what? It's going to be 30, 30 cents. Bucks. You don't know how little I make, Tom. It's going to be 30 <laughs> yeah, cents. Yeah. 30 cents. <laughs> yeah. To cover. I'll pay 30 now, bucks um, too, by the way. I could do that. I can Ford, swing it.
1: But Ford God, has the- already lost. Yeah, Ford has already lost the big, the big uh, Grimshaw versus Ford case, so they didn't want to lose a second time because their reputation's at stake. And there's a lot to be said. Like if they lost, corporations could be held accountable for their actions.
0: Which would be awful. We can't have that. Also, no, uh, have that. really, can we can we back back up real quick? The only thing they care about is how they look after them after the fact.
1: Well, yeah. Uh, so they spend. In order to get out of a $30,000 fine, they hire a legal team and spend $1 million yeah. fighting this. Yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. Now, the... That's the nothing prosecutors, to them. Yeah, nothing. The prosecutor's... The prosecutor's budget for this trial is $20,000.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You see, this is why corporations are such a problem. Because all they do is just throw so much more money at anything that could hurt their reputation then they are willing to
1: to fix any issues they may have
0: this yep. is true so across the across uh, the
1: board across the board yep so the jury has instructed very confusing and strict guidelines about what it would take to convict ford of reckless homicide so a lot of that has to go that they have to physically prove that they knew about it they've got to go through all these hoops and bounds Mm -hmm. and all this other stuff so after months and months of trials days of deliberation the jury comes back and says we're hung like we're like we can't we can't make this the judge says not in elkhart indiana not in my home county you're not going to do that you're going to go back and come up with a decision not on a case that's that's this important." come back with a decision jury comes back and says hey look can you you, would you take a simple majority is that good enough no it's got to be a you know it's got to be unanimous and so long story short
0: did did this did this jury do they have um access to ford's like emails records or anything like probably not right like
1: yeah uh well the memo i believe was in the uh was in the uh trial
0: Right, the middle, but, but, um, I, but I'm talking about like if they're going to try to prove that people knew about things and and everything else. Oh, you know, you know, they,
1: Ford's team got most of that shit thrown right. Out. No. I, that's what I'm saying. So like, the problem, they're
0: not able to go into the investigation like the FBI would in in yeah. find. The problem is
1: the judge can find like a very specific, like it had to meet this exact parameter, and people were having problems with the language. So long story sure, short, Ford course. wins. So the so, uh, the so they don't.
0: So the only fees they pay are to their
1: lawyers. They pay the $1 million fee to the lawyer. So
0: all these sad saps who died or had family members died, nothing. Well, else.
1: no, 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 They pay out a crap ton of settlements. They settle a lot of stuff. They were sued 117 okay. times. They 117 times. They they, they pay out a lot of those. They did have to pay the $3.5 million and punitive damages, and then, of course, the uh, the $2.84 million to Richard Grimshaw and the $665,000 to the family of Lily yeah. Gray, they did not have to pay that. So they did lose money, but it's it's pennies in a bucket that they don't care well,
0: about. Well, no, Tom. I mean, everybody knows that this absolutely ruined Ford as a company. That's why you don't see Fords anymore. Yeah, they don't.
1: Yeah, they don't exist anymore. Yeah, right. So, um, so obviously Ford got rid of the Pinto because you can't ever repair the reputation of the Ford Pinto <laughs> after this. Even if you fix the problem, people are gonna be like, "It's a death trap! Don't so, get in
0: it." So they rebranded it, like rebadged the Focus, or hey, well, the Escort,
1: I think, probably. Wasn't the Escort so, like a uh,
0: mid-range though? Wasn't that like the no? Escort? It was a hatchback.
1: It was a, no. It was a, it was a hatchback. Oh, Escort oh, was the, the Escort was a hatchback. Well, I've yeah, they had Honda, you had the like, hatchback, or you well, you had the you had the hatchback, or you had the uh, or you had the uh, the 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 wagon, the uh, station wagon. Okay. Uh, I had a buddy in high school. He drove the station wagon, and me and another buddy drove the uh, hatchbacks. We we there were three of us that were all cruising around in our Ford Escorts.
0: Yeah. See, I uh, I was a Honda guy, so I, I did the Civic, and the, and then my dad had. a you Well, you, like, were, you or remember or my.
1: Uh, you remember oh, my teal yeah. escort, yeah. don't you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah, I it was loved fantastic. It. I love that little guy. He yeah. was he was he was glorious. Yeah. Uh, now um, they have done studies since this that have looked at crash tests over the entire period of time. Uh, the Ford Pinto was 1.9 percent of all cars on the road, which is actually kind of a lot in America at one point in time. 1.9 percent of all cars on the road were Ford Pinto. So that's, you know.
0: I mean, you've seen it, but like.
1: I- it doesn't seem
0: that high to me because, well, I guess it depends. How many types of cars were there? How many, uh, because if you have 300 different types of make, model, not much, no, whatever, I'm sure there's way, much, yeah, you gotta back then. I'm sure it well, was less. And so that, that might well, be significant, but right now so, I would say 1% of cars would be on the low side, but I know nothing.
1: So who knows? Uh, yeah. Well, in any case, um, They found out that in recent studies that it was on par with safety standards of the uh, of the Gremlin, which isn't saying much. The Chevy Vega, which is also not saying much. The Datsun Five Ten, which is also not. These are all cars
0: that failed because of how dangerous they were,
1: right? (laughs) Garbage, and the Volkswagen (laughs) Bug, that has its reputation for being a serial killer's car of choice. It's a death trap. So, you know. Yay! The numbers showed that in fire-related crashes, the Ford Pinto performed average to slightly below average. On other accidents, the <laughs> Ford Pinto rated average to even slightly above average. And so all Ford, right. even up to this day, would say it was all a witch hunt. There was never a problem with the car. It was just people panicking over nothing. But what they forget to tell you is that even studies today found that the Ford Pinto, in rear-end collisions, what we claim was the problem Mm-hmm. Below average, yeah. But they were looking at any collision. They were looking at all the total collisions. So they maybe were like, they were it, slightly at,
0: safer from uh, the front right quarter panel collision because the gas tank was in the back, or any front collisions because the gas tank's yeah. in the back. They may they were slightly yeah. safer there.
1: Um, yeah, forage defenses. All the other cars were shit too. So and then it averages out. Yeah. So it's fine. <laughs> So I'll let you at home decide whether or not Ford Pinto should have this reputation or not. I will tell you that both my dad and my brothers Ford Pinto never caught on fire.
0: How many times did they my get rear-ended? Ford... Uh, never, because uh, that's the Ford thing. Pinto... It's not. It's not. A, it's not a case of spontaneous combustion, Tommy. It's a case of if I get rear-ended, which I've been rear-ended like
1: seven times. I never died, not once. Uh, I think that's gonna that's gonna be a quote on a shirt there, Johnny. I've been wearing it seven times. Uh, but the uh, my dad's Ford Pinto just blew like the like the it didn't blow up on fire. It's just the engine blew out. Uh, now my brother's Ford Pinto um, we used we kept my dad's Ford Pinto to keep my brother's Ford Pinto running and it finally died when he hit an owl head on and it went into the front grill Ooh. and, and it hit the radiator fan and that fan just chewed up the shit out of the engine. Mm. so yeah it was well, killed and <laughs> beak yeah, and an everything. owl killed my brother's Ford Pinto so.
0: That's it for this week in Historic Hindsight. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review, and join us next week when we talk about Waco!